fearless fundraisers, I'm Don Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform our fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, let's get going. We have a superstar as our next guest. And if you're uh, and literally, right, we're going to get into what that really means in, in just a second. She's giggling. Um, but if uh, you're I'd love to welcome you all back. Thank you for making the show so popular and nominating us for the podcast awards. We're super excited and super grateful. Um, if you're new to the show, we stream on over 10 podcast channels. So I'm sure we're on your favorite. Please give us a follow. You can find us on demand at onecause.com. And we are live and in person from the RAISE broadcast studio at the annual RAISE conference. So hopefully you're familiar with that. RAISE is just a few short days away um, at the Country Music Hall of Fame um, in Nashville, Tennessee this year. And with that, we are highlighting some of our premier speakers. And I'm super excited to have Crystal Cherry with us today. She is the principal and CEO. Is that right? Yes. I got it right. Crystal Cherry is the principal and CEO of the Board Pro. Ah, oh, board <laughs> engagement. Such a challenging topic, and I'm glad we're going to get into it. But first, please welcome Crystal to the show. Crystal, thanks so much for joining us here on Radio. Hey, Dawn. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you're a superstar. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but <laughs> I want our audience to get to know you. So can you say hello to them? Just share whatever you'd like. We'd love to know, you know, what is the board pro? How did you found it? Um, what, what is it all about? Tell us whatever you want to share about you professionally and personally. We want to thank get to you. Know thank you. Thank you. Yes. Player. I am excited to talk about uh, my work as the board pro. Um, I'm a recovering fundraiser. So those of you who are still <laughs> fundraising, I say all hats off to you. I know how hard it is. Ooh, I am so glad that I am not fundraising anymore. <laughs> uh oh. But you're going to help fundraisers nonetheless. I help them. I love fundraising. I just don't want to do it. I transferred over and decided to transfer all my skills as a fundraiser into working with boards. And I realized they, they had a lot in common. There was a lot of alignment. So all that I learned about building relationships and telling the story, advocating for mission, being um, accountable, following through, being an advocate, all of those things that I had to do as a fundraiser are the same things that board members have to do for the nonprofits they serve. And so I was able to kind of transfer those skills over from what, what I had been doing to helping our nonprofit boards understand that they have the power. I mean, we don't empower them to do so much more than they're actually doing. And so I, my heart throbs when I talk about boards. I love doing the work. Uh, every board is so different. Um, every nonprofit is so different. I learn so much from each client engagement and it allows me to continue to be hyped up about fundraising and to continue to build relationships and do good work in the world. So that's what makes me get up every morning. Well, we're so glad that you do because I feel in the nonprofit space when it, I often hear nonprofits 
with the groan, you know, oh my board, I can't get them to fundraise. I can't get them engaged. I, and it, it seems to be a thing, a challenge, a, a hurdle that we have to overcome. So I'm going to just jump right into this with a really hard question. What's the disconnect, Crystal? What, what do you see as, because we could groan and complain all day, but that's not going to change anything. Right. One thing that will change something is perhaps looking at what can we do differently? Yes. How sh- you know, how should we change our perspective? So what do you want to tell fundraisers when you hear that groan? Like, yes, oh yes. my Lord, what should oh, they be thinking about to make some pivots there? Okay. So cultivation and relationship building and stewardship. That's it, Dawn. You have okay. to build trust from the very beginning of that, that means building relationships with your board, just like you would with any prospective donor, right? So all the things that you would do in terms of getting to know them, knowing their birthdays, knowing what things are important to them, knowing about their families. And so when I was still uh, on the inside as a fundraiser, in fact, the chief development officer, one of the responsibilities I had was being the liaison between the board and the organization. And that meant I was having coffee with board members. I was learning about their families. I understood, you know, some of their challenges, some of their priorities, what other organizations they served on the board of, why those passions were important to them. Like I really made it my point to get to know the board members of my organization. And that meant sending birthday cards and being there at the the kids' piano lesson or what a piano concert or whatever is building those relationships. So they understood that not only did I want them to serve the organization, but I wanted to learn who they were. I had their best interests at heart. I wanted to know why they were involved with the nonprofit, what makes their hearts throb, right? What they want their legacy to be. I mean, you figure there's 1.5 million nonprofits in the United States and they chose mine. So why? Why did they choose mine? What makes what makes my mission resonate with them? And so I really did a really good job of trying to build those relationships. And then I tried to just amplify that to my CEO and say, listen, this board, these are our biggest advocates and champions, right? And the relationships that we built, that you built with them as a CEO, as the executive director, is going to make a hell of difference if we can if we can keep them engaged, get them excited so that when they see our names on the other end of that phone, they pick the call up, right? They, oh, here's Crystal or here's John or here's whoever, um, because we've built that relationship with them. They're excited to talk to us. They know we have good news. They know we're going to ask them for advice. They know we're going to ask them to come to an event and speak. They know that we're going to keep them engaged. And so when they see my name on the other end of that phone, they're going to answer it. And that only way that's going to happen is if you build relationships with them. So I know some fundraisers don't have proximity uh, to board members the way that I did. If you're a chief development officer or a vice president of development, you're more likely to have um relationships and proximity to board members than you do if you're a development manager or a development coordinator. But nonetheless, someone has to build relationships with those board members to build trust from the very beginning so that they understand the work that you're doing. Mission, 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 right? Constantly telling them about the mission, reminding them the great work that you're doing, keeping them excited about the work, and then showing the impact that you're having in the community, right? A lot of times our board members are disconnected because they're not engaged and they're not engaged because we're not engaging them. 
Yeah. So that's so then, it's just it's just like anything. Building relationships. Think about your best friend and the person you're like really close to. You're really close to them because you're talking to them all the time. You're sharing what's going on in your life. So you're asking them what's going on in their lives, right? And so when they see you, they're like, "Oh my God, Don's on the phone. Let me pick up." Right. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with board members. We have to build relationships with them and make this mission exciting and relevant for them. Because if not, they have lots of other priorities that will keep them distracted. So then. The game plan about the monthly Zoom meeting or monthly born meeting and your once a month communication about thank you and we did this is probably not going to cut it, right? No. Yeah. No, you got to communicate with them even in between board meetings, right? And so uh, one of the things I did, you know, I had a list of a long list of things I had to do every every day or every week, Dawn. And so much of it I just couldn't do, right? Some of it was small minutia stuff. And so I thought, well, why am I one person or my three-person team trying to handle all of this? I have a whole bunch of board members who are sitting around waiting and wondering how can they help in between board meetings. And so I would send a menu of things that I had to do for the week. A donor needs a phone call. I need to send a thank you letter. I'm going down to the after school center. And I would invite board members to come with me to on a visit. Call a donor to say thank you. Call a volunteer who's been around for a long time and let them know how much we appreciate them. Look at this letter I'm about to send. Would you look at it in a, a grant application? Look at it and see if it's something that you think is, is good. Should we edit it? You know, anything that, and then why, by doing that, you get to see what we're putting in our grant applications, what we're putting in our newsletters, what we're putting in our letters we're sending to our donors, asking them for opinions. Um, I mean, advice about things. My gift acceptance policy was old, right? And I needed to update that. So I was trying to figure out, okay, I, this is not really fun, sexy stuff, right? But it has to be done. But I invited my, my development committee. Hey, guys, this is the gift acceptance policy. I'm sending the document to you. Please take a gander at it. Let's meet next Thursday. Take a quick look at it. Let me know what you think, and we'll make some updates together. I mean, this document, which was not exciting, became like, oh, my God, they, they had something to do. And it was like, well, I think on page seven, we should change this. And I think on this line, we should change. I mean, everybody was all into it. And so they just need something to do to keep keep them engaged in between board meetings. Yes, there are committee meetings and yes, there's the board meeting. But what about next Tuesday at three? Like there might be something they can do, right? And it's, the onus is on us, Dawn, to get to keep them engaged. So I just say to you, if you're a fundraiser, if you're on the inside of nonprofits and you're thinking my board is lazy, well, they might be lazy because they don't know what to do to support you. And so find some things for them to do. And you know how you can do that? Find out what things they really, really resonate about your, your mission. Like some, some board members might like your education program. Some board members like to want to volunteer in your kitchen. Some people might want to, you know, so you figure out where your board members are and then you find ways to loop them meet in them to that specific program. So meet them there. And, and I guess that would go hand in hand with finding out their skills. If you have a legal agreement to, you know, there's somebody on the board that might understand legalese and you know you might not get all of them all the time but if you get some of them some of the time you're accomplishing a couple things at once not only are you getting help because nonprofits wear a lot of hats we know that but not right. only you're getting the help you need but by their in integration and involvement they're also seeing communications and understanding your workload and what you're writing and talking about and your storytelling and your impact so you just by asking for a little help you're accomplishing multiple things at once, which is. Yes. 
And that handy dandy matrix that, you know, we hopefully they've completed. I had a copy of that. So I knew like, you know, the skill sets that they had, the, the resources that they had, whether they were a strategic, a strategic thinker or a visionary, whether they were detail oriented or they had big ideas, whether or not they had connections in the community or they had connection to mission, whatever it was that you have on your matrix, use that right information so that you can see, oh, John is detail oriented. I'm going to have him look at the newsletter. You know, or um, Susan, she's got social media influence. I'm going to have her take a look at this social media um, campaign before we launch it. So, yes, use that matrix for you to determine what kinds of skills um, these people have and then how you can connect them to the things that you, you need done in the organization. Wow. So easy, but yet so brilliant. Um, really. Um, all right, let's go a little bit deeper here. So you've worked in the nonprofit space for a long time. You've worked with boards for a long time. What what are the things that you've learned? What can you share with our audience so that they they are in the know too? And what what do you do at the board pro for your customers and clients? Um, we'd love to learn about that as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I do a myriad of things, which is why I love doing this work because it's not the same thing every single day. So I have lots of clients who have lots of different needs and some clients may need just, I just need, you know, typical board service one-on-one. My board um, is disconnected. They're not really sure. I understand their roles and responsibilities. Can you come in and do some board service one-on-one training? I call it a seat at the leadership table, right? <laughs> so that's probably one of the most common requests I get. The second um, most common request is our boards need to raise money, right? Our board is not raising money for us. And so- yeah. You know, we I remember from being on the inside when I was the chief development officer and I had a team of people reporting to me, I made sure that they had the fundraising toolbox, right? I had everything that we needed, the case for support, the goals, the talking points, the interesting stories, the motivating videos, right? How to make an ask, right? What our fundraising priorities are. Share that with the board. I call it my pop fundraising toolbox, points of pride, right? And so in your points of pride, you have all that information because a lot of times the board, they don't know what the priorities are of the organization. A lot of times they don't know what the fundraising goal of the organization, which is really scary. Look, sometimes they don't even know the mission, okay? So we got to make sure we put that mission, the case for support, a copy of that strategic plan, your fundraising goals and priorities, right? A list of who's at the organization so they'll know if someone, if a donor asks them, a potential donor asks them a question and they don't know the answer, they can refer to their, their directory and say, let me get in touch with that person and get back to you, right? <laughs> a, a list of all the events that are coming up so that they can share that with potential donors. Like, Give them that, that rich toolbox of, of information so that at their fingertips, they have it when they need it. And then provide the training with them. Maybe do some role playing, some script playing. If you know you're going to be meeting with a friend that you went to college with and you're going to be talking to them about the organization, help that board member with a script. Well, what can you possibly say to this person? What do we know about this person? The person is retired. Oh, he has two kids who have gone to college. Let's talk about that. All those things that you can maybe go over with that board member, some practice tips so that when he meets with John for, for a drink later or on the golf course, he knows what kinds of things he can say about the organization that leads into, and I would love to invite you into our into our fold and maybe invite you to our next event or to our next fundraiser. And I would love for you to make a gift on Giving Tuesday, whatever it is. But I want to make sure that I have my board member prepared to have that conversation when he's going to be meeting with his college roommate. So people 
don't read though. So I'm going to challenge you a little. You know, I, I love the idea of documenting everything, onboarding your board members, handing them a packet of information. But let's face it, people don't read. You know, thank you. Yes, I'm happy to be here. That whole packet goes on on the side of a desk and who knows when they get to it. So you mentioned a couple of things. One, just ask them for help. And by sheer helping you with different things, they're, they're getting what's in that packet. Um, and then, you know, I've heard other things about just invite them in to, to, you know, to what you're doing. What are some other ways that you could educate your board about your story, your mission, your impact, if they're not reading the material that you're giving them? Because I think that's fair that they might not read it. Yeah, reading is definitely hard and fundamental, right? Yeah. <laughs> fundamental and hard at the same time. Sure. Um, you know, 52, 52 or 59% of people who donate uh, do so after watching a video or, or a compelling video. Yeah. And yeah. so why not send them videos? Why not send them, you know, I would do all kinds. I'd send text messages. I send videos. I did all kinds of things to keep my board upright. And, and they were like, oh my goodness, Crystal's in my inbox again. But that's okay. Because it's a, it requires a lot job. of outreach and knowing how your board members are, are, are responding. Some board members respond to text. Some board members like email. Some board members will see you on social. Whatever it is, figure that out um, and make sure that you're reaching them where they are, right? And then giving them multiple ways for them to respond, whether it is on social media, whether it is by text, whether it is by email, um, definitely try to figure out who your board members are and figure out which ways, which things are going to resonate with them, whether it's a compelling story, whether it's a moving video, whether it's an infographic that has the impact numbers of your organization, whatever it is, but make sure that you send them those things and they're going to pull from it what they want. And then there's just a lot of outreach and reminders. Hey, John, I just sent you an email. I just, I'm texting, I'm calling you now to leave your phone message. I just sent you an email about the, with the latest newsletter. Check out so-and-so and so-and-so. Don't forget. Yeah. Or a text message. Hey, Bill, <laughs> just connected with you on social media. Sent the campaign again for the run coming up. Take a look at it. Let me know what you think. So it's a lot of outreach. And in fact, this work is almost a full-time job, Dawn. If you have a 15, 15 or 17 people on your board, and 15 is the average size of a board in the United States, by the way. If you have 15 people on your board, having one person to kind of keep all those balls moving, contacting those people, sending them the information, keeping them engaged, it's a full-time job. It's like managing a team. Which is why where the board pro can come in and help. Hello, here I am. Okay, got it. Yeah. And, and you know so what, Dawn, I also do something, it needs to be the priority. I think when you, when a fundraiser sits down or, or a nonprofit sits down for their daily work, it's a full-time job, donor stewardship, board stewardship. But those important, important things tend to fall by the wayside because of a lot, a lot of minutia. So you're saying bring your board into the minutia, get some help, and then don't be afraid to use outside resources like the board pro, because this is a priority. It's the heartbeat of your, of your. Absolutely. Family. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, and I also do other things, you know, I do, I, I do uh, audits, so I audit bylaws, I audit all your documents related to board uh, work. So I can do that for a lot of boards, which I've done, particularly now that everyone wants to make sure that there's no bias in their wording, there's no bias in the verbiage. And so I'm looking at newsletters, I'm looking at uh, uh, bylaws and other documents to make sure 
there's inclusive language in, in that right now, right? Conflict resolution is not another thing that I that I do. So yeah, fundraising, onboarding, onboarding is another big thing. Making sure you're onboarding them properly and giving them the proper orientation so that they feel welcomed from the very beginning. How you start with them is how they're going to finish. So if if you don't bring them in and get them engaged and keep them excited right at the, at the start, you're probably going to lose them. So you touched on a good part. And if you don't mind, I'd love to steer our, our conversation in the direction of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. So important today. Should have always been important, but yes. glad we're maybe finally getting to it. But can I ask what what is philanthropy through the lens of DEIB? Can you take a little time to address? Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you asked because that's exactly what I'm going to be presenting on. Uh, at the conference, right? Uh, the One Cause conference coming up uh, next week. But um, through the, you know, so there's a lot of things that I talk about in, in that presentation. But one of the things I talk about is um, the who's who's asking, right? And so we know that if you're going to if you're going to uh, reach out to donors of color or people who you don't who are not traditional donors, right? We know that most most donors, um, uh, or the perception is that most donors are white males. We know that people of color have been giving for, for, for hundreds of years, so they're not perceived as givers, but as receivers, right? So that's one of the things we want to talk about, right, is how benevolent uh, and altruistic people of color are. And one of the things that we don't do is we don't have the right people on our teams asking, right, and building those relationships for lots of reasons, right, because we don't, th- we don't hire people of color, and then the folks who sometimes we hire the average fundraiser is a white woman in her 40s, right? And so she's trepidated by reaching out to, you know, a black man or to a Hispanic woman because she doesn't know anything about them and about their culture. She doesn't know how she would approach them. Then she might skip them when she has her prospect strategy meeting. And she's got 10 prospects. She's going to go over, over the other eight or nine first before she gets to that person of color because she's not comfortable, Right. So you want to make sure you have the right persons in your office asking. And then they need to know and understand um, what the motivations for why people of color give and engage. Right. And each group is different. We know that, you know, black folks are very philanthropic. They have a smaller pot to pull from. But of their pot, they give a higher percentage. We know that uh, Asian Americans are very, uh, are very technologically savvy. They're educational. They do a lot of research before they give and before they get involved with the organization. We know that Latinos give a lot of their, uh, their income. A lot of their income goes back to families in their home countries. But I don't know, something like 80 or 90% of them um, give to their, give to charity. Many of them give to charities that support their communities. Let's give St. Jude as an example. St. Jude has done a wonderful job with the Latino community. Why? Because they went to them, right? They went into their communities, into their grocery stores. They made sure they have Latinos represented on their board, right? They have that give give an extra dollar at the counter in the Latino grocery stores and speaking in Spanish over the over the loudspeaker, right? So they went to them and said, this is an untapped community that's not people who think they don't give, they're not, they're not asking them. We're going to get to know who they are. We're going to engage them in our mission. And then we're going to, and they've raised millions of dollars from the Latino population because they went to find out who they were, right? And so if you're going to be looking at fundraising through a DIB lens, you need to first make sure all your collateral is no bias, inclusive language, your images need to be diverse. The folks on your fundraising team, if they're not going to be diverse, they need to at least understand the motivations for giving. Folks of color give because of the person that's asking. If you don't have a person of color on your team, 
who can who can go with you on an ask, find a volunteer. I'm going to meet with uh, Andre Kitchens. I just made that name up next week, right? I'm a white woman. I don't know anything about Andre. But look, there's a volunteer who's been a loyal volunteer. He's a black man or she's a white or she's a black woman. Maybe they'll call, they'll go with me on this visit and they can tell why they volunteer at this organization. There's a testimony, right? And they can help me with some of the nuanced stuff that I may not know and understand, right? So that when I'm out here talking to this potential donor, the person who's in the room is not only me, the fundraiser, but someone who looks like them, who they'll trust just by virtue of the fact that they look like them, right? Um, will definitely help. So you have to know all those things. Who to send out on the visit, making sure all of your collateral is inclusive, diverse images, nothing that's going to take away the integrity of people who are being helped, right? Speaking of people who are being helped on, why don't we ask them what they need and how they would like the world to know about them? A lot of times we presume we know, right? And so that's one of the things I talk about in my training. Cookie cutter, one message fits all, and that's not the case, right? We think we know or it's too cookie cutter. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're striking a chord. Yeah, no, you got to stop me doing because I'll keep I'll keep talking. No, I love keep talking going. About You're wonder. It's wonderful. <laughs> so, um, that's that's really very very interesting. I mean, it's really all about meeting whomever where where they are and having a level of understanding. There, there's there's nothing cookie cutter about fundraising. You really need to get to get personal, have those matrixes, know who you're talking to. I mean, that that's really what, it's the same thing almost with, with just about everything that you're saying here. Yes. So um, it's exciting because it's all fixable and what better than to be a more inclusive society, you know, yes. here that you said, if there are 12 board members, somebody might pass over uh, the person of color or the Latino or the Asian because they don't relate, but that that's not a good excuse, right? We right. what's not to relate? They're that we're all humans at the end of the day. So I really love where you're going with this. Let let's talk specifically about Black philanthropy. What should boards know about Black philanthropy? You touched on it a little bit. One is definitely a problem with perception, right? Yes. That that and and the perception's wrong, right? So yes. what else do we need to know about black philanthropy? What do boards need to know about black? Well, they need to know that black philanthropy is philanthropy, right? A lot of times, <laughs> you know, the traditional uh, perception of philanthropy is that it's all about money, right? And we know <laughs> that a lot of giving is in kind, right? I mean. We definitely need money in order for our organizations to pay the bills. No doubt. I'm a fundraiser. I get that. But there are so many other things like resources <laughs> that we don't think about, right? Connections that people have, resources, just lived experience from being a member of that particular community that they bring to the board. That's full fundraising. Those are all resources that you can use, right? Not necessarily to pay the light bill, but to advance that mission, right? To make sure those kids have those computers, Right. To make sure that 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 website is updated because you're getting some pro bono service from a a connected board member. Like all the things that we know that that we think of in terms of fundraising and philanthropy. Right. People of color give not only do they give financially, but they have lots of other ways that they can support the organization. And we don't tap into those um, quite enough. Another thing they need to know is that people of color are particularly those who have made it, those who are wealthy 
they come from families that have different levels of economic success, right? So even though I might be a millionaire and I've done well, Uncle Harvey is still a mechanic, right? Cousin Nikki is struggling with her, her beauty supply store. You know, John just got out of prison, right? So I have like all these other people in my family and in my network, they not made it where I am. So I'm giving back in lots of different ways. So although I might be a millionaire, I have a lot of things that I'm, other things that are priorities that are in my life that I'm giving to. So they're kind of in between and in betwixt. They're not all around, uh, uh, multi-millionaires all around. So they're giving back to family members who are in different countries. It might be in Africa. It might be in Haiti. It might be in, you know, the DR, whatever it is. But if I'm a millionaire, a lot of times we're first generation and we have family members that we're still supporting. So let's talk about raise a little bit. And thank you so much for, for all sharing you with um, the one cause, with one cause nation and the rest. Yes. Community, but I do want to touch on that uh, just a little bit. So um, I have you are going to be um, September twelfth, right? Yes. So attending the race conference is September twelfth, bright and early in the morning, right after breakfast, nine thirty a.m. Um, fired up board fundraising. What a great title with a DEIB lens. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to have to uh, pop my head in there. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about what we could expect from that session. Yeah, a lot of interaction and engagement. I like to um, I like to engage my audience. This is not me just kind of want, want, want talking at you. This is me engaging you, asking lots of questions. And this is what I do and what I do with my clients, right? Because you sometimes you get in a board meeting and I'm trying to facilitate a board retreat and you have members who are not speaking up. And so I will definitely call on you. And so that's what I do in my in my trainings. I always say, well, Bob, what do you think? At least I haven't heard from you. How did that land for you, Tom? Like that kind of thing. So I'm definitely engaged. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about all the things that we've been talking about today, Don. We're going to talk about perceptions. We're going to talk about who's asking. <laughs> we're going to talk about the giving, motivations for giving for different groups. And then we're going to talk about some ways that we can continue to raise money and keep our boards fired up about asking people. So it's going to be a multi-mixture of, of all of those things. Um, and I definitely want to get the input from the audience. It's not just me talking at them because I always learn something when I do these trainings. And so some people in the audience are going to probably drop some 411 on me that I don't know. So I want to make sure that I give people an opportunity to also speak, share what's going on in your shop. How does this work for your organization? What other ways? John, can you give Lisa some advice on what you guys are doing? Right. And so there's a lot of interaction in my in my presentation. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. We love that at the, uh, at all the race sessions. Uh, worth one CFRE credit and bright and early in the morning. Yes. So um, it's going to be super exciting. All right. So let's, let's just talk a little bit about what profound lessons you've learned along the way. You've had an incredible journey and, you know, you're, you're, you're a principal of your own business now. Um, what, what are the top lessons that you feel that you've learned that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I, I think top lessons for me is that, uh, well, in terms of me and my own personal uh, career is, you know, do something that you really love. Um, you know, we, we, I have a nephew and a niece who are in college, and, you know, they, of course, we didn't want to come out and make a lot of money. And that's important too. But, you know, th- we do this work all day long and it has to be something that makes your heart throb, you know? And so I'm at a, I'm at a place now where I'm doing something that I love. 
Uh, and that that is definitely a suggestion I give to my niece and nephew. Yes, make good money, but make sure you love what you're doing. So uh, that, that is definitely one of the things I've learned. Also, find your crew, find your vibe, find your posse, right? So I have a strong support network of individuals who I know I can contact if I need to vent, if I need to vet an idea, if I'm not sure about something, right? And so, you, you know, we can't go it alone. Right. And so I have a crew of people who I can rely on, who are mentors and sponsors of me, right? Who will say, Crystal, we got your back. That's a great idea. Girl, you messed up, right? Because sometimes you need people to hold you accountable and say, you did a wrong thing, right? So making sure you have that crew around you to support you when you need it. Because there's going to be some dark days. And you need some folks that can shine a light in there when it gets real dark and scary, right? So... <laughs> And then also, I just trust my own gut now. You know, I used to second guess, you know, I have imposter syndrome. Am I really? And I'm just like, I'm a bad bitch. I know my stuff. Oh my God, I love you. (laughs) I, I know my stuff. Right. I make sure that I'm on, I'm listening to TED Talks. I'm watching podcast interviews. I'm reading books. I'm talking to other people who do the same work I do. Right. Because I'm learning from them, too. I'm always learning. I'm always trying to freshen up up my game. I can't come strong and correct on if my if my stuff is weak. So I try to make sure that I'm on top of my game in my in my field. Right. So, yes, even though I know board service 101, yes, I'm going to go to a Bloomerang webinar about board service because I want to hear what that person has to say. Right. And so hone your craft, even though you've been fundraising for 20 years, there's some new stuff going on. What about technology now? There's a lot going on. What about AI? Right. There's a lot that's going on in the fundraising that 25 years ago wasn't around. You better make sure you're reading. You better make sure you're in those podcasts. You better make sure you're on that TED talk and learning what's going on in the world now because the world has changed. Well, and that and that's where there's no room for ego in anything that you're doing. Right. You you really are always learning and progressing yourself as you're helping, you know, educate and teach and coach other people. Um, Yes. That's the only, you know, to really get there. All right. Well, why don't we just wrap a little bit with, you know, what can nonprofits do to support their boards differently? What just, you know, the drill, Crystal, you know, they made their packet, they sent it out, they have their monthly meetings, they have their monthly communication. Yes. We talked about a lot of things that yes. we can start to think about. And it, it is you know, getting that deeper connection, that relationship. Yeah. Going to a, a, a board, a board, a board member's child's piano concert. Yeah. Why not go there? You know, have, have a little coffee afterwards, meet for Starbucks. There's yeah, I, I get it. Get, get out there and get connected. But that's a lot to think about. I got yes. board members. So what do you think that, what can nonprofits do to support their boards right out of the gate after they finish listening to this there you know what they're doing they're pushing paper and pushing email and pushing zoom meetings what should they be trying to do differently as a step one two three okay well first thing they have to realize that these people are volunteering out of the goodness of their heart right they are volunteers they're not paid staff so when you say my board is not fundraising for me like you they're paid they're being paid to do so remember first of all they're do-gooders they're here because they love your mission, right? So we have to first respect the fact that they're giving their time. So there should be a respect level from staff to board members. These are people who are voluntarily coming in to support. They're not getting paid like you are, 
right? So let's have that level of respect first. And then second, prepare them. They don't know. They come to you as innocent bystanders. I'm here because I love the work you do and I want to help. I don't know marketing. I don't know fundraising. I don't know social media stuff. So the job of the staff is to make sure that the board is trained and particularly trained in the things that you need them trained for. If you're going to be doing a run and you're using a certain kind of software to track the run, Train them on the software so they know how to use the software so they can bring more people in to to sponsor their miles, right? Whatever it is, making sure that they have the training that they need in order for them to support you, right? And then remember, we're each other's people. Like, we're all here trying to do good work, right? We show up for each other. We can stand strong together. And just so don't have hostility when you think about your board. Don't have a feelings of, you know, uh, their expectation, like they're supposed to be doing this. They're doing this out of the goodness of their heart. So respect their time, making sure they're prepared and they're equipped. Find ways to engage them. Get the staff and the board to engage one another. Get them together on a Giving Tuesday committee, right? Giving Tuesday is coming up. Have the staff some staff members, board members, volunteers on a committee to discuss what your Giving Tuesday campaign is going to look like. Like figure out ways for the board to understand what the staff does, the staff understand what the board does, and so that they can they can work together. So those are my tips: is to remember we are each yeah. other's people, and that we are all here to try to get this mission accomplished and to do good work. Yeah. Uh, wow. I asked a simple question, and you just spitfired twenty different ideas. So to our audience that's listening. <laughs> How could you not be fired up and um, thinking thinking differently? Yeah, we have to change a lot of, you know, behaviors. Doing something the same way is not going to get any different results. And I think we started with the podcast by saying, like, complaining and groaning and oh my, that, that's not going to make a difference. There, yes. Talk to Chris. Chris, if you don't mind, I'm going to put your contact information. Yes. Pro and ways to get in touch with you. Yes. No notes so that we certainly could, you know, leverage you for all your expertise. You're such a breath of fresh air. You're so. Thank you. I can't believe that you're opening up Rays on September yes. 12th with, with dynamic personality. <laughs> it's just super, super, super exciting. <laughs> So thank you, Yeah, thanks for joining me today and for your wealth of wisdom. We're going to keep the board pro in mind and we're going to get wrap this all up into the show notes um, and get it and get it out there. But I will be in Nashville. I hope you're going to kick up your boots with me. And yes. We're going to have a really good time. Um, and we'll see you on Tuesday morning again. All right. Thank yeah. you again. Fearless fundraisers, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. That's Thursdays, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. There's about 104 of them. Um, so you'll have your pick and follow the channel that you like best so that you can get notifications about all our new guests. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use digital fundraising solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Check it out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of content and eBooks, all free that hopefully you'll find helpful. A huge shout out and thanks again to my lovely guest, Crystal Cherry. Um, she is again, the principal and CEO of the Board Pro. She'll be with us at Raise. Don't miss her session, September 12th, um, right bright and early in the morning. What a way to start your day, but something you don't want to miss 
can't keep you doing things the same way with your board and can't keep complaining about it because that's not going to change anything. Crystal, thank you so much again. We do have to ask because we ask all our guests, if you don't mind a little bit more, um, any inspiration for our audience that you'd like to leave us with? Um, I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, no, I just say, you know, self-care, make sure you're taking care of yourself because this is hard work, whether you're a fundraiser or whether you're a board member, uh, making sure that you are taking care of yourself, balancing out your work, um, making sure you're taking care of yourself and your family so that you can come back to board work or you can come back to fundraising um, your best self. Oh, I, gosh, I knew you were going to have something special. I will see you in a couple of days in Nashville. Thank you again so much. You're welcome. That's a wrap. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Race Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. Mm-hmm.